you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. Hi, this is Father Louis Gertie. Welcome to Friends of the Word. This is the third Sunday of Easter, and I'm here at Holy Cross, Florida. I'm here again because of this young man, Aiden, had received yesterday at the Cathedral of St. Jude here in St. Petersburg his first communion. Today is his first second communion, or second first communion, right? Did you have a good day yesterday? Thank you for joining us. Pass this on to your family and friends. And find Jesus. That's going to be the theme of our story today. Find Jesus wherever he is. God bless you. Let me hear from you, Father Lou Skurdy at Hotmail.com. You want to wave? <laughs> the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. That very day, Easter, the first day of the week, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus, and they were conversing about all the things that had occurred. And it happened that while they were conversing and debating, Jesus himself drew near and walked with them, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped, looking downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, said to him in reply, Are you the only person in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place these past days? And he replied to them, What sort of things? They said to him, The things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers both handed him over to a sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. And besides all this, it is now the third day since it took place. Some women from our group however, have astonished us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came back and reported that they had seen a vision of angels who announced that he was alive. Then some of those with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women had described, but him they did not see. And he said to them, How foolish you are! How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? 
Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus interpreted to them what referred to him in all the scriptures. As they approached the village to which they were going, he gave the impression that he was going further. They urged him, stay with us. It is nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And it happened that while he was with them at table, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. With that, their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, but he vanished from their sight. Then they said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? So they went out at once and returned to Jerusalem, where they found gathered the twelve and the eleven who had been with them, saying, The Lord has truly been risen as he appeared to Simon. Then the two recounted what happened to them on the way, and how Jesus was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That was the night of Easter when the apostles were going toward Emmaus. Could have been Clopas and his wife. We don't know who they were exactly. There's another Cleopas mentioned in the scriptures, so it could be the same person, not. And if it was Cleopas, actually, he is married to Joseph's, Jesus' father, his family, and it could have been a relative of Jesus, but they didn't recognize him. That's the key here. They're walking with him. They heard the stories, but they didn't recognize him. They didn't see Jesus. Question for us in our lives is where and when do we see Jesus? Constantly available to us. If we use their version of reality, the the, these two disciples, you see how limited their version of reality is. They said it very clearly. We expected him to be the Messiah, conquer the Jews, be Lord, and all that good stuff, but they crucified him. So their version of reality is a sad one. And Jesus still walks with them. What's his presence in our lives? What's his version of the story in our lives. How he's available to us in ways that are not physical necessarily, biologically physical, a man such and such a length and height and width. However, Jesus is available to us, but we've got to have eyes to see it. And not these eyes, that's not enough. He's available to us, and that little passage that they took along the way to Emmaus gives us some hint. Jesus is available to us in the person of the stranger. Oh, you don't like that. I mean, nobody likes that. I want to see Jesus looking like that, cleaned up, walking with the sandals. 
But yet, if we see somebody like that on the street, we cross the street. You know that. So, so Jesus is available to us in the stranger when our eyes and hearts are open to the stranger. Jesus is available to us as he told them in the scriptures. When we come and we listen to the, the readings from the Holy Scriptures, we're not just telling stories. We're not just listening. We're getting to know God in Jesus Christ in a more intimate way. If we listen with our eyes, he ears, and heart. So Jesus is available to us, and we see Jesus in the stranger. We see Jesus in the scriptures. We see Jesus in the Eucharist. Again, what did he do? He went into their home or in whatever it was. He sat down with them and broke the bread. You know, before every Eucharist we receive, we break the bread here as a symbol of that first breaking of the bread, which is reminiscent of what he did on the night before he died, recorded also by Luke, the author of Acts. He broke the bread. It's still bread. It looks like bread, but it's not bread. It's the body of Christ. Yesterday, Aiden received the body of Christ with his other classmates, first time. And that is another way of seeing Jesus in bread. It doesn't look like the guy next door, the girl next door. He looks like bread. That's how he comes to us. Jesus available to us as he was available to the early church in prayer, in scripture, and in the breaking of the bread. He walks with us also. Think of it this way. God so loves us. He creates us. We know all that good stuff. But he so loves us that he, he you must, I mean, if God could scratch his head, he's probably scratching his head and saying, how will I get the word to them? How will I let them know who are crea creation people, people that, uh, that were created in the trees and the animals and the sky, they're, they're pieces of creation. How will I let them know that I really love them? I really want to be with them all the time. They're people. I'm God. There's such a distance. I know this is me. This is not scripture. I would take on flesh. And I will be born to them. And I'll walk with them. I'll eat with them. I'll cry with them. I'll do everything that they do. So they'll loves them. And I will pour out my love for them to the end. I, I will give them every ounce of my life and breath. And he does. He gives us himself walking with us as a human being, embracing death on the cross, embracing death. One of the most horrific kinds of execution the Romans could come up with at that time, in that place, in that part of the world. I will identify with them and let them know who's in charge of this whole scene. Because I will conquer death. I will come back from the grave. And so the Father raises Jesus from the grave. Jesus who embraced death on the cross for you and for me, 
so we get the idea of how and to what extent he would go to follow us and to be one with us and to identify with us and he goes to the cross but he has the last word because he is the creator don't forget and he wants to show us on that Easter morning the extent of his love for us and his role as the Lord of life so he rises from the dead now you can imagine what the Apostles thought these these women are nuts they think they saw Jesus we saw Jesus dead on the cross these women come up we saw yeah okay you saw Jesus and you can imagine and what's really funny in that time in history sociologically <laughs> hate to say it ladies the voice women had no voice I mean, they could talk but they had no no credibility so them being witnesses at the tomb for Jesus resurrection mounted to a hill of beans but yet because Jesus thought so highly of women and respected them as equals to men he appears to Martha to Mary first and talks to her so he respects that part of creation that God gave us of men and women as people not as separate entities but as members of his body that's why we know the story John and Peter ran to the tomb because we needed two male witnesses and the scripture scholars and scripture authors knew that they knew we needed two male witnesses so we got to send Peter and John and let them let people know that we sent them but we also have to let them know that God Jesus Christ respected women first and they become the first evangelists now you, you want to sell a bill of goods you start with a lot of concrete information you don't use the witness word of women but God does another place we can see Jesus in our lives in unexpected people and unexpected places see Jesus walks with us and that's just not a nice phrase Jesus walks with us and he wants to know that we're walking with him so therefore we know him through the scriptures through the Eucharist through prayer how do you get your word across to someone you love you talk to them you think about them you call them you text them you get the word out I love you I miss you I want to see you let's have lunch Jesus is doing the same thing in the Holy Scriptures 2,000 years ago and because it is the Word of God it's relevant and appropriate even for today he's available to us and walks with us and is in our lives and once again because we're people we miss it because we want God to appear as we want God to appear not as God decides to appear so when things are bad in our lives when things are down when we're, we're surrounded by pain and hurt and addiction God is abandoning us no God is not abandoning us he's with us but we've got to find him we've got to see him in life think of our brothers and sisters in the Middle East being 
tortured and persecuted, annihilated from certain parts, certain countries. And the journey leaving their homes, their churches, their backgrounds, their history. One would say, if we were not believers, to hell with God, forget it, let's all become the opposite religion. This religion that, that is persecuting us. Because they're, they're, they're on top. They're, they're winning the battle. That's if we see through the eyes of people. And through the eyes of God, we see those people who are suffering because they believe, living out their faith, holding on to their faith, even in spite of death and persecution. They're holding on to it. That's us too. We're walking with them. Maybe we're not in the Middle East suffering, but we all have our own issues. Sickness, divorce, annihilation, distance from family members. And yet God wants to let us know through the scriptures and prayer and the Eucharist that he's walking with us. He's not going to wave a magic wand and make it all nice. He didn't do it for his son on the cross. He's not going to do it for you and me. But he expects us to see him through the pain, through the sorrow, through the distance, and open our eyes to his presence in our lives. Last week, I went to see a movie called The Promise. You gotta go. It's, it's about the Turkish persecution and attempted genocide of the Armenians, northern Turkish community at that point. It's almost a description of what's going on in the Middle East, in Aleppo, in Iraq, in Syria today. How the Turks were trying to just vanquish, get rid of, as if they were pieces of trash, the Armenian people. And locally, there's a beautiful Armenian church here in town. Go visit it sometime. I dropped there last week to visit the priest. Beautiful, beautiful church. It's a small community. They're Armenians. But they're Christians. They're not exactly our twins, but they are our brothers and sisters. And in that story, this group of people from one particular village are leaving and they're hiding in the mountains and, and the Turkish army is bombing. And they're kids, they're children, they're people with, with, with rocks and sticks. They have no weapons and they're bombing them. And this little group of kids who are part of an orphanage go into a little cave with the priest and they say to the, to the priest, Father, God will, God will save us, right? And the priest's response was, let's pray. I want to go back to the question. God will save us. Not from the bombs, not from the enemy, not from the physical violation of who we are, but God will save us if we hold on to God. God will be with us through thick and thin, through war and peace, through sickness and health. God will hold on to us if we see him in our lives through prayer, through scripture, through the Eucharist every day. And then we know we're being saved because we're one with God. Our body died on the cross. But God will be with us. We need to hear that every day. 
because we miss it. We judge according to our standards. We do it our way. And our interpretation isn't always coherent with Christ's interpretation of his values in our lives, the hope he, he offers us. Jesus wants us to see it his way and realize he's in charge. Not you, not me, not the enemy. He's in charge. Not only of our physical lives, and of course God can intervene and heal those who are sick. We, all, we pray for that. We ask him to bless those who are in need. We ask him to help us feed the poor. Yes, that's us acting through God. And God can intervene anywhere, any place. But the normal, the human, is our version. The hope-filled, eternal promise is God's version. Walk with him. Let's find him in one another. Let's see him when we think we're not going to see him. And mostly, let's appreciate him and receive strength from him in the breaking of the bread. spot but not just a spot the spot actually with the all-new nissan frontier you know a bunch of them but the key to these great spots being able to reach them in the first place your spot is out there find your frontier in the all-new 2022 nissan frontier with standard 310 horsepower advanced tech and 281 pound foot of torque Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too. And with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus. Made for you.
Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.